Hello and welcome to Stories of the Second World War. Today I'm joined by Stephen Zaloga, author of a new book titled Smashing Hitler's Panzers, The Defeat of the Hitler Youth Panzer Division in the Battle of the Bulge. Apart from Smashing Hitler's Panzers, Mr. Zaloga has published a plethora of books and articles on military technology and military history. He is also a senior analyst for the Teal Group Corp., an aerospace consulting firm. Mr. Zaloga, thank you so much for joining me today. Nice to talk to you. So I want to talk about your new book, Smashing Hitler's Panzers, a um, real fascinating you know, division and, and really era of history. So kind of setting the stage for us a little bit, for those who aren't familiar, very simply, who were the uh, Hitler Youth Panzer Division? The 12th SS Panzer Division was one of several Waffen-SS Panzer Divisions formed during World War II. They were formed as something of an elite of the German armed forces. The Waffen-SS was a heavily politicized branch of the German armed forces. It was affiliated with the Nazi party to a much greater extent than the uh, regular army was. Uh, This particular division first saw combat in Normandy um, in in the summer of 1944 where it mainly faced the British and Canadian armies, and it was largely destroyed in the process. And it was then reconstructed in the autumn of 1944, and it played a central role in the opening phases of the Battle of the Bulge in December of 1944. And uh, what was the leadership like? Who led this Panzer Division? The division was led by various officers at various times. It was part of a a larger SS Panzer formation, uh, 1st SS Panzer Corps, which in turn was part of yet a larger organization uh, called the 6th Panzer Army, later called the 6th SS Panzer Army. And uh, that particular formation is far better known as far as its leadership. The leader of that unit was uh, Sepp Dietrich, a very famous a Nazi party official and very famous leader of the Waffen-SS. What made these men in the Hitler Youth Panzer Division different from those men in other divisions? Would they have received special or unique training because of their time in the Hitler Youth? The idea behind the Hitler Youth Panzer Division was to recruit younger soldiers, namely those who had served in the Nazi party's uh, paramilitary wing, the the Hitler Youth, the Hitler Jugend. And the idea was is that these uh, young men, usually 17 years old, uh, would be far more dedicated and far more politically motivated than normal draftees. And that was certainly the case in the early formation of the division, especially in the summer of 1944, where the division saw its combat debut and uh, showed quite a bit of combat prowess during the fighting. But the problem in the autumn of 1944 is that there were manpower shortages, and it was difficult to recruit simply out of the Hitler Jugend. And as a result, a lot of the soldiers that ended up in the division at the time of the Battle of the Bulge were, in fact, uh, drawn out of uh, the Luftwaffe and the regular army, uh, mostly units uh, or mostly personnel uh, from units that had been disbanded for a variety of reasons. So it was no longer in the autumn of 1944, the sort of elite division that it was in the summer of 1944. And in fact, it had rather poor training 
in the autumn of 1944 due to shortages of training areas, shortages of fuel, and shortages of ammunition. So it, it really seems like there's a lot of political motivation behind the Hitler Youth Panzer Division. And you kind of hinted at this just moments ago, but how did the men actually fight? What did they look like? What were their experiences in combat and how did they perform? The bulk of the troops did come out of the Hitler Youth, the Hitler Jürgen movement. And so they were relatively young men. They were typically 17 years old. The um, the senior men, namely the officers, the non-commissioned officers, those troops did not come out of necessarily out of the Hitler Youth. Those came out of other Waffen-SS divisions, uh, typically out of the 1st SS Panzer Division. And so they tended to be battle experienced, whereas these younger troops that served as the enlisted men um, did not have very much combat experience, if any at all. And so they were politically motivated, but they were not especially well-trained during the Battle of the Bulge. As I mentioned, the unit was heavily reconstructed in the autumn of 1944, and they really didn't have the time for entirely adequate training. That was especially true for the more technically demanding uh, jobs, for example, tank crews, armored vehicle crews, artillery crews. And so even though they may have been politically motivated or perhaps more politically motivated than average German soldiers in the Battle of the Bulge, they were not necessarily um, elite troops in the usual sense of the word. Interesting. Now, during the Battle of the Bulge, what sort of armor, vehicles, um, heavy weapons would the Hitler uh, Youth Panzer Division have had at their disposal? And, you know, you mentioned that they were facing off uh, primarily against the British and Canadians. Uh, What did those first uh, signs of combat look like um, for the Hitler Youth Panzer Division? When the 12th SS Panzer Division first went into combat in Normandy, it developed a reputation for extreme brutality. Um, There were a number of instances where they killed Canadian prisoners of war, and they're somewhat notorious about that. There have been several books written about those particular incidents. Um, As I mentioned, it was a very different division at the time of the Battle of the Bulge, uh, largely because it was not as well-trained and it did not have as large a component of Hitler Youth. It had a mixture of Hitler Youth and uh, regular troops pulled out of other branches of the German armed forces. At the time of the Battle of the Bulge, the 12th SS Panzer Division was organized, as was traditional at that time of the war, uh, into several major components. Uh, it consisted of a Panzer Regiment and two Panzer Grenadier Regiments. Uh, the Panzer Regiment was small because of a shortage of tanks. And it really only had the equivalent of two battalions of tanks, one of them equipped with Panthers and one of them equipped with Panzer IVs. The Panzer Grenadier regiments uh, had a total of about six mechanized infantry battalions. But of those six battalions, only one of them was really mechanized in the sense that only one of them actually had armored half-tracks for transport. The other five battalions all depended on ordinary trucks. and so. Even though it sounds like it's a very well-equipped division, because of equipment shortages, the division was not up to full strength at the time of the Battle of the Bulge. So would it be fair to say that uh, the Hitler Youth Panzer Division was um, substantially outgunned when facing off against the British and Canadians? When the 12th SS Panzer Division fought the British and the Canadians in Normandy, 
it wasn't so much outgunned. At that time, as opposed to the Battle of the Bulge, it was much closer to full strength. And it depends on what period of the Normandy campaign you're talking about. It started as a fully equipped division. It was actually quite large. But it suffered combat attrition uh, through the course of the summer, so that by the middle of the summer, by July and early August, it was badly depleted. It did receive reinforcements, but uh, its strength through the course of the three months of fighting in Normandy uh, changed greatly. So it depends on when you're talking about the division during the course of the Normandy fighting. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. Now, you know, we talked about the ideas behind the formation of this Panzer Division, uh, but really talking about the men themselves, were these 17-year-olds on fire, excited, devoted to uh, Adolf Hitler and his idea of a Third Reich, or was everyone's spirits um, critically low at this stage of the war? The morale in this division was actually quite good. Um, The reports from prisoner of war interrogations and later personal accounts from the division suggest that it was a very well-motivated division. The morale in the German army in winter of 1944, at the time of the Battle of the Bulge, was actually stronger than you might expect. Even though the German army uh, had suffered massive defeats in the summer of 1944, there was still strong morale simply because there was a great deal of bitterness against the Allied armed forces, against the United States and Britain. And the reason was largely because of the strategic bombing campaign against German cities. And as a result, practically all of these soldiers had families who were directly impacted by the bombing campaigns. And many of these soldiers saw it firsthand. Uh, the division at uh, immediately before the Battle of the Bulge had been located in the area around Cologne. And uh, the troops on several occasions during the training process were actually taken off of training and sent into some of the cities in the Ruhr area and in the Cologne area uh, to help in uh, uh, basically rescuing people and uh, doing other work in the, um, in the aftermath of bombing attacks. And so there was a great deal of resentment against the Allies. And so um, morale was stronger than what might have been expected under other circumstances. Now, looking at the Battle of the Bulge um, on a very broad scale, where was the Hitler Youth Panzer Division located? And in really the grand scheme of things, talking about the whole Battle of the Bulge, how did their, um, you know, contributions to the the battle, you know, what? How did that impact the battle on a grand scale? The Battle of the Bulge was fought on the German side by three separate armies. On the northern end of the attack was the Sixth Panzer Army of which the 12th SS Panzer Division was a part. In the center was 5th Panzer Army, and finally in the south was the 7th Army, which was not a Panzer Army, but a conventional infantry army. Now, the reason that the 6th Panzer Army and the associated 12th SS Panzer Division were so important is that they were located in the absolutely most critical sector of the German attack. They were located uh, in the northern sector of the attack, which placed them closest to the strategic objective, which was to cross the Meuse River and then reach Antwerp. Because the main German objective in the Battle of the Bulge, in this attack, was to penetrate through American lines 
and then get all the way up to Antwerp. And what that would have done is it would have caused a separation of the U.S. Army and the British Army. Hitler's objective was to separate off the British Army and to force what he called a second Dunkirk. That is an evacuation of the British Army from the continent. And so the critical mission was to get across the Meuse River and to reach Antwerp. And the spearhead of that attempt was Six Panzer Army. And what was the Allied power, uh, you know, firepower and morale looking like uh, at this stage um, of the Battle of the Bulge uh, when facing off against this Panzer Division? The the American army in the Battle of the Bulge that was located in the Ardennes was actually the weakest portion of Bradley's 12th Army Group. And the reason for this was that the army was overextended. There was simply too much front line. And so Bradley, who commanded the American troops in this sector, decided that the Ardennes sector could be held by a much smaller force. And his rationale behind this was that the Ardennes was not suitable for German attack. The area is heavily forested. Um, it's mountainous and hilly in many sections. And so as a result, the, uh, the Ardennes was held by four U.S. Army infantry divisions, and they were not the ideal divisions for defense. Two of the divisions had been badly beaten up in the Hurricane Forest fighting in the previous months. And so they were very weak and uh, very badly beaten up. Two other divisions located further north were actually brand new green divisions that had arrived from the United States and who had no combat experience at all. So the Ardennes sector was sometimes called the kindergarten and old age home for the U.S. Army, meaning that it had units that had seen too much service and needed to be rehabilitated and at the same time also contained green and experienced units that needed a little bit of seasoning before they would have been put into uh, a more intense combat zone. What did the outcome um, for the Hitler Youth Panzer Division look like after the um, initial engagements? How did their motivation, you know, you mentioned that they were well aware of the Allied bombing campaigns and indeed had been directly impacted by it, um, talking about their families uh, being directly impacted by it. How did that motivation translate into their engagements with the Allies in combat? And ultimately, uh, what became of them during the course of battle? I don't think that the motivation of the 12th SS Panzer Division had a particularly significant impact on the eventual outcome of the battle. It certainly meant that the, the troops tried to do the best job they could, but there were far bigger problems with the plan behind the German attack in the Ardennes. And as a result, the fate of the 12th SS Panzer Division had far more to do with serious problems in the planning of the mission than in the motivation of the troops. To give you an example, one of the major problems facing 12th SS Panzer Division was that the sector that they were supposed to attack in had very poor roads. The reason being that the front line ran down along the German-Belgian border in a very heavily forested area. And unlike today, where you can cross the border in the European Union anywhere, Back in the old days, transit between one country and the next was always funneled into a small number of road nets 
to allow customs duty. So, for example, in the sector where 12th, 12th SS Panzer Division attacked, there was actually only one border crossing road in that entire sector. Uh, the rest of the area had minor little roads, forest paths, and things of that sort, but no good roads crossing the border for the reason, as I say, that in this agricultural region, there was no reason to have inter international roads going across the border. So when the division uh, attempted to go across the border, they were stymied by the poor road network. They, their only chance for success was to rapidly penetrate through American lines and within two or three days get across the Meuse River and advance on Antwerp. And it was impossible to do so partly because of geography, partly because of the terrain and the forests and the lack of a good road network, and partly because of the, res the resistance of the U.S. Army troops. Uh, the U.S. troops were based in the forested area. They held good defensive positions. The troops in this particular sector, starting with the 99th Infantry Division, put up a very stiff defense. The uh, 99th Infantry Division put up a very stiff defense that lasted about 36 hours. And in the meantime, the local units pushed another experienced infantry division, the 2nd Infantry Division, into a series of uh, small villages behind the lines, specifically into the village of Krinkelt Rosheroff. And this was a small, stony little village located behind the forested area. So by the time that the 12th SS Panzer Division pushed its way through the forest, which took over two days, they suddenly confronted a second line of American defenders, and the second line of American defenders basically stopped them in the tracks for another day or two. So this successive wave of defenses prevented 12th SS Panzer Division from accomplishing their objective. They never got anywhere near the Meuse River, and as a result, their mission basically failed. Now, as a final question, really understanding these 17-year-olds, these young men who um, were a part of the Hitler Youth Panzer Division, talking about the Hitler Youth prior to, or I should say, the men, these men, their experience as part of the Hitler Youth before, um, for many of them, their, their first taste of combat, uh, what, what would that have looked like? I mean, to put it very very uh, basically would this have been sort of a um a, a more extreme um indoctrination of a version of you know the american boy scouts for um n the nazi germans or you know what kind of training would these young men have received would they have received special training um in relation to you know um various types of combat i mean what what did that look like when they were members of the Hitler Youth Movement, they didn't receive any highly specialized military training, although they did receive a form of basic military training that was quite a bit unlike an American equivalent, such as the Boy Scouts. The Hitler Youth had two major objectives. One of them was political indoctrination. There was clearly a lot of political indoctrination into the doctrine of the Nazi Party, far more so than would be seen in a, a comparable American organization such as the Boy Scouts. Um, but they did receive more military training than, uh, say, the American Boy Scouts. This was not peculiar to the Hitler Youth. Uh, Germany, as a practice for decades, had a process for 
uh, various type th- types of youth groups uh, and to provide them with some very, very basic military training before they actually became conscripts and were drafted into the Army. And so they would receive some basic training in handling rifles and some basic training in basic military doctrine and terminology so that by the time they were conscripted into the Army, they already had at least some elementary sense of their military duty. And that was another aspect of Hitler Youth. The whole issue of military duty and duty to the country was was strongly impressed into mm. these young men. Fascinating. Well, Mr. Zaloga, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a delight speaking with you. Um, I'll put a link to your book, Smashing Hitler's Panzers, in the description below, as well as a link to your author page on Amazon. You've written so many great books, which I highly recommend everyone um, you know, picks up copies of those. But thank you so much for joining me today. Many thanks. Thank you all so much for listening today to Stories of the Second World War. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting platform and consider leaving a positive rating and review. You can also find the podcast at storiesofthesecondworldwar.com with more information about the show. Thanks so much for listening. Join us right here again next week.